Well, what do you think about Good Friday? <laughs> Good evening, right? Good evening. <laughs> you know, it is Good Friday. A name that stirs a little bit of confusion, it seems like, at times, with a lot of souls, a lot of people. You know, it, really? I want you to think tonight, what's really good about today? What is good about today? I mean, a man died for my sins, for your sins. A man gave his life for the things that I had not even done yet. But here I am over 2,000 years later observing this day. Someday, celebrating, you know, how do we celebrate it? How do we celebrate this Friday? You know, the U.S. Uh, basically is the ones who have termed this, the, the Friday before Easter as Good Friday. It's a day that Jesus was crucified. And, and really, you know, I have to ask again, so what is good about it? Who came up with that? You know, a lot of other countries call the same day Holy Friday. Some call it Sacred Friday. Uh, some think that Good Friday comes from the phrase God's Friday, um, kind of the same way that goodbye means God be with you kind of thing. I don't know really what to call it sometimes. Maybe sin washing day or something of that nature, I don't know. Saying, you know, Good Friday somehow just doesn't seem to convey to me what really happened and why, maybe. Let's read the scripture um, in John 19 and listen to what God's word has to say about that. You wanna, if you want to follow me, we're going to look at John 19, the whole chapter. That's what I'm going to read for you here. It said, Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And stuck him with their, struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw, they, saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. And when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, "Who? where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me, do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has a greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, 
But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement. And in Aramaic, Galbatha, Gabatha, sorry. <laughs> now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and they went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him with two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for a place, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather, this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. So when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and they divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us tear it, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says they divided my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and mother's sister, Mary, and wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and his disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. At once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. 
For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. Jesus is buried after these things. Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came, took away his body, and Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus, by night came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen with cloths, with spices, as, the burial, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had been yet laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was so close at hand, they laid Jesus there. That's Good Friday, folks. That's Good Friday. You know, when I read a story about the cross like this, I, 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 can, I can vision the pain. Can you vision the pain and the agony that Christ must have been going through? For us, you know, I, I hear the screams uh, of the crowds and, and possibly even the laughter of the Roman soldiers, possibly. You know, I, I hear the sound of this thud as the cross hits the ground. I see, you know, the sight of the soldiers tossing a tired, beaten man on top of that cross. And maybe the most ear-shattering sound of all and this, this gets me because I used to build houses and I know a lot of you do. You know the sound of a hammer hitting nails, you know? <laughs> the most shattering sound of all is hammers hitting those nails. Really? We want to call this good? Do we? In all the chaos of the story, I mean, I can barely focus on the man. The man on the cross, what did he do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What really hurts is when I look at this story, what I, what I did to put him there. What I did, what you did, what we all did. And the fact, you know, that my selfish, fleshly desires of doing things wrong and having to do things my way huh, has caused another to suffer. And that's intolerable to me. It is. You know, I'm faced with the fact that I have not done what is right, and I have sinned. Just like we all have. That my, my shortcomings separate me from the eternal bliss of that relationship with God. All, all throughout the New Testament, I, I'm reminded that I need to have this relationship with God. But the only possible way that I can is through this horrendous act of sacrifice. You see, friends, sin cannot be ignored. It has to be atoned for. A penalty has to be paid for. You know, that penalty in the Old Testament was always paid with the blood of an offering from a sacrificial lamb. An act of contrition to signify that I, I've acknowledged my error, O Lord. 
and I want to restore my relationship with you, God. God does have the answer. The answer that foils all, all of our logical thoughts that this world gives us. <laughs> and all the precepts of this modern age. <laughs> God's answer foils all of that. It, it's simply God's path to restoration that's on display here this Friday. The, the drastic has to happen in order for his plan to be fulfilled. You know, and we journey throughout our life as we do that. We so see so many times how God's plan, it can be painful, it can be hard, but it has to be fulfilled as we go through this. There will never be a way to, to, to really fully explain all of this or understand it either, what's taken place on the cross until that day when we meet him face to face. At that meeting, oh, <laughs> we'll see those nail scars and that spear scar. We'll, we'll hear his voice and we will know why. <laughs> we live our life for that day, don't we? I do today. I live my life for that day. The day of forgiveness is fully realized. That, that forgiveness is realized in, in the presence of the one that gave his life for us to make that possible. Only wish that I could stop having to go back to the cross and seek forgiveness. Why do I have to keep doing that? I wish I could not make those errors in my life every day, it seems like. I wish that troubles would not befall me. <laughs> Don't we all wish that? <laughs> I wish that the price of one's life had not had to be paid because I couldn't keep my covenant with my Creator. You know, I guess Good Friday is actually really good after all, isn't it? <laughs> It's an example of God's tremendous love for each one of us. It tells me that no matter who I am or what I've done in my life, that I am loved. And so are you, each and every one of you. <sighs> my Creator loves me enough to ensure that my mistakes don't burden me with guilt. And he does the same for each one of you. He loves you that much. My life would have been over before it even started if there wasn't a good Friday. <laughs> you know, I would die in my sin and rebellion and that'd be it. The fact that three days later he arose and he covers me with the grace that I need <laughs> is an act of love that has never taken place in any other way or place in history of this world. It's one thing. I'm saved, and I know, I confess it. Sometimes, though, I just struggle to live it. Don't we all? <laughs> 
I know that there's no way that I can fix my situation on my own. I know that I'm covered and I'm loved. I know that death does not end me, nor does it you. This journey that I embark on, it's not easy, friends. It's not. It's filled with battles and disappointments and all kinds of pain. It's filled with pain and heartache and times of loneliness too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, however, filled with the pure love of a Savior. And that covers everything, friends. It covers everything. When I hear the sounds and nails, like I said, it reminds me of whose I am, who I belong to. My desire should be replaced with the desires and the love of the one who suffered for me. My desires don't matter. His does. His does. Yeah. I guess Good Friday is pretty good after all. I guess it is. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we just thank you so much for all that you do. You have given us everything, Lord. We just have to submit to you, Lord. You did it all for us that day, that night, through the darkness, through the pain, through the evil that was around you, Lord. I pray, Father, that these things won't deter us, that we keep our eyes focused on you and that this Good Friday is good because it's the beginning, not the end, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. I thank you for the hearts that are here, Lord. I say this in Jesus' precious name, amen.